You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the skipper of the A's high-A team in Lansing, Phil Pohl. Pohl played as a catcher in the A's minor league system for parts of four seasons, and then he served as a bullpen catcher for the A's for six seasons before making his debut as a minor league manager with the Lansing Lugnuts this year. He's had a number of interesting prospects on his team in Lansing this season, and we recently took the chance to talk with him about a number of the most promising players on the roster there in Lansing this year. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Phil. Hey, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. A lot of people may not know that uh, you are the first-year Lansing Lugnuts manager this year, and it's actually your first year as a minor league manager as well, and Prior to that, you were a catcher in the A's minor league system, and then after that, you served as a bullpen catcher for the A's for a few years as well. So I'm curious to ask you a little bit about that role as a major league bullpen catcher, and perhaps what you learned from that that, that was useful to you in your current role, and, and how you made that transition from being a major league bullpen catcher to being a, a minor league manager, because that's not, that's not a transition that a lot of people typically make. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, I, I was fortunate enough to be uh, to be drafted by the A's in 2012 as a catcher, and uh, from there was able to kind of to move that job as into you know as a player to to move on to the bullpen catching role for six seasons and and learn from you know a really great staff headed by Bob Melvin for those six years I was there, and uh, you know a lot of the same coaches that um, I had once played for that I was working for those six seasons, and then yeah, I was fortunate enough for for this opportunity to open up in Lansing, and it's it's been a really fun and. A great first year for me as a manager out here in Lansing. I would imagine that uh, being there on the staff under Bob Melvin for some time had to be a, a, a really great learning experience for someone like you, right? Yeah, amazing learning experience. You know, I was fresh out of, of uh, you know, playing baseball. Um, and to be able to work with a staff like that, I mean, just, just watching, um, you know, the way Bob works and the way he worked with not only the players but the staff and how he managed the game, I mean – if I just opened my eyes in the years, I was learning something new every day. So I, I was really fortunate for those six seasons to, um, you know, to learn and watch from him. And not only him, but also, you know, Scott Emerson was our, our bullpen coach when I first started and then transferred to our, to be our pitching coach. And, you know, I sat with him those first couple of years and, you know, bounced a ton of ideas and topics off him in the bullpen. And then later on, you know, Marcus Jensen took over as the bullpen coach and more of the same, just talking baseball and, and uh, you know, learning every day. Well, I would imagine a couple of things that have been useful to, to you in your role there as the manager at Lansing. One, I would think Bob Melvin was known as a great communicator. You know, he really knew how to communicate with players. And when you're dealing with young players, communication it can be really key. But also, you were a catcher. Bob Melvin was a catcher. You were catching major league pitchers in the, in the bullpen. I would think that would also be useful in addition to the communication just for understanding uh, pitchers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, watching Bob kind of run a game, um, whether it was defensive alignments, um, 
whether it was the way he utilized the bullpen. I mean, that to me was was a totally different level level of how to you know prepare himself for a game and watching how he you know he got into his routine and was always kind of it seemed like he was always an inning or two or at least a couple steps ahead of the other side um so like for me that was an amazing experience and then you you tack on like you said being able to catch you know some of the guys I was able to to warm up and and work with guys like you know Liam Hendricks and and Blake Trinan and you know Lou Trevino who have you know really phenomenal top tier level stuff uh you know to kind of pick their brains and see how they go about their business and, you know, what they use for their grips and what their daily routine is. So, I mean, you really get a full circle sort of, you know, education, everything from, you know, looking at Bob and watching how he does it from the management side to how he runs a bullpen to talking with Scott Emerson, what he's trying to do as a pitching coach and work with the pitchers and then being able to talk one-on-one with some of the guys and pick their brains and, you know, what has made them successful throughout their careers. I'm curious, as a, as a first-year minor league manager, what, what's sort of one of the biggest surprises or things you've had to adapt to that, that maybe was something you didn't anticipate? You know, what, what goes along with that role there now that you're in it this season that was something maybe you had to, you know, start to wrap your head around as the season got <laughs> underway? Yeah, you know, there, there's been a ton. I feel like every day there's something new. But honestly, Bill, I've never been on the phone more than my entire life. <laughs> um, I, know, I think – Going into it, you know there's going to be, you know, you're going to have to deal with your your staff, um, with the players, uh, obviously the on-field responsibilities, but, um, you know, kind of something I wasn't necessarily prepared or uh, ready for was just the amount of time you're dealing with, you know, our Lansing front office and taking care of, you know, what they need for us from the community, whether it's running camps or or some community service, and then you're on the you're on the phone with our groundskeeper trying to give him heads up on what's going on, and the next thing you know, we've got weather coming in and we're figuring out if we're going to be able to play today or if it's going to be a double header. So just a lot of the, uh, you know, the outside circumstances that you, you're, you know, forced to deal with in this role. Um, but, you know, I, I will say this, I've been so fortunate and lucky. Everybody I've worked with in Lansing is, you know, super great communicating skills, uh, really personable people. And it's really made, I think, my transition into this position a ton easier than, than maybe some other areas. Well, I think that there are a lot of things to manage that, uh, that, aren't necessarily on the field, I think, is the bottom line of that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, let me ask you about a number of uh, A's prospects that you, you either have or have had on the roster there at Lansing this year because there's a lot of interesting players that have passed through there while you've been manager. And I wanted to start out by asking you about uh, former A's first-round pick, Tyler Soderstrom. You know, he had a great year at Stockton last year. He started out a little slow there at Lansing this year. He's been uh, heat rounding into shape here as the season has gone on. He's certainly been showing his power. He leads your team with 15 uh, home runs. He also leads your team with 17 doubles. But like I say, got off to a little bit of a a slow start uh, before he got things going. Can you talk a little bit about the progress you've seen out of Tyler Soderstrom over the course of this season thus far? Yeah, absolutely. Tyler, like you said, I mean, you, you just read off a lot of his statistics. I mean, he's really been turning it on these last couple months. Um, you know, a very highly talented prospect within our organization. Um, I think he's come a long way even from day one this, this season from where he is at now. But, yeah, like you said, a little bit off to a slow start um, early on. I think, you know, the weather up here in the Midwest, Michigan especially, is, is something that's, you know, very new for a lot of these guys who haven't had the really the opportunity to play in frigid, freezing cold weather. So, I think there was a little bit of adjustment there that first month, uh, first month in April when we're playing and sometimes it's 30, feels like sub 30 degree temperatures. But, um, you know, once you kind of grind through that month and realize, okay, we're starting to warm up, that's, that's the worst it's going to be. I think, and you start bar- barreling up a couple balls more like he did in his case. And then all of a sudden the confidence starts to come back. 
Um, and, you know, he's got good work ethic. Uh, he's a student of the game. He works hard. Um, and I think you're seeing, you know, him kind of turn the corner here now coming, you know, into the all-star break and then going into August here shortly. I, I think you're going to continue to see him, you know, take steps in the right direction, both from an off- offensive perspective as well as, you know, defensive perspective, either whether that's behind the plate or at first base. I know he's been getting time at both positions this year and has really made some good jumps um, in both positions defensively. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, he was drafted as a catcher, but he's been playing both catcher and first base this year. He's actually uh, played a little more at first uh, than behind the plate. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you see him going forward defensively as a catcher, as a first baseman? You're someone who was a catcher yourself, so that's certainly a position you understand. Where is he at position-wise and his abilities at both those positions at this point? Yeah, for sure. I mean, his abilities, he's a really good athlete. He's got a really good body, a big big guy, big frame, but very athletic, um, soft hands behind the plate as well, which helps him out a lot at first base. But, yeah, moving forward, I think, you know, it's only going to help him to be able to do multiple positions. But I think he definitely has the ability um, and has worked very hard this year behind the plate. And I think he wants to continue to, you know, improve his craft behind the plate um, and definitely has the opportunity to make an impact as a catcher. But, it's you know, it's not going to hurt his stock at all if he's able to, whether it's play first base or slide him into the DH role or even move him in the outfield if that's if that's something you know where he has to do but you know right now he's been doing a great job this year behind the plate and continues to work as a catcher and I I think like I said earlier he's made a ton of improvements um, from you know game one in April to where he's at now I think he's we got him in uh, behind the plate tonight for us today we're in Fort Wayne but um, it's it's been a you know exciting process to watch not only him but a lot of our guys develop um, both on and off the field and uh, like I said I think we're making some really good strides in the right direction not only with Tyler but with a lot of our other guys as well. Oh, well, uh, another guy on your roster there this year who had a great season last year and then got off to a bit of a slow start this year uh, and was starting to really get it going was uh, Lawrence Butler, outfielder Lawrence Butler. He was a former sixth round pick of the A's. Again, off to a bit of a slow start, was getting really hot, and now he's on the uh, IL with, I believe it's an arm injury that he suffered. Can you talk a little bit about uh, where he was at when uh, when he ended up landing on the IL? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Lawrence was, like like we were just talking about with Tyler, had been really turning it on as of late. I know he'd really picked up his average. I want to say, you know, close to 100 points, if not right at 100 points. Um, kind of a similar situation with Tyler, you know, kid from Georgia comes up in the Midwest and it's, you know, pretty cold here in the month of April. And I think there was a little, little adjustment period there, but um, Lawrence had been doing a really good job playing all three outfield positions for us and even mixing in at first base. Um, you know, a really good athlete, uh, really versatile, um, a lot of power from the left-hand side and also the, you know, the ability to put the ball in play and run and steal bases. And then, yeah, unfortunately um, suffered a, suffered an elbow injury to his, to his left arm and, um, has landed on the IL now, but we're hoping he has a speedy recovery and can kind of pick right back up where he left off, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But no, he's, he's a guy we were excited about. Like I said, made a lot of good strides in the right directions, both offensively and defensively. And, and that's really what the goal is here is, you know, we're, we're a high A team and we're looking to get these guys better and advance their game. So when they are, you know, have the opportunity to move up, whether it's double A, triple A or the big leagues, They've got a good foundation, and hopefully that's something we've been able to do for these guys. Well, fortunately, another uh, really intriguing outfielder that was added to your roster was uh, Denzel Clark. He was the A's fourth-round draft pick last year, got off to a phenomenal start at Stockton this season, 
and uh, he's off to go play in the Futures games now, uh, which is great. But uh, he was added to your roster a little bit ago as well. In really intriguing mix of both power and speed. He's a big, powerful man who can also get around the bases, steal a base, play center field. Uh, but I'm curious uh, to hear what you've seen out of Denzel Clark since he's been there on your roster in Lansing. Yeah, um, well, like you said, a lot of what you just stated, he's you know an extremely talented athlete. Um, you know, he's a guy who we feel comfortable sticking in all three positions in the outfield, but is playing mostly center field for us. And I mean, covers more ground than than most people I've ever seen. Uh, his, like I said, I, his athleticism out there, his ability to to break and read on balls off the bat is is um, it's really special and, and fun to watch. And um, you know, with that being said, he's got some some really good power with his bat too. Uh, we had him in the lineup the, two nights ago, and he hit an absolute towering shot here in Fort Wayne. And and like you said, now he's he's kind of off to uh, represent the A's in the Futures game, which is great for him. It's a really good opportunity for him. Um, but yeah, he's, he's one that definitely we have our eyes on. He's extremely intriguing, um, both offensively and defensively. And, and, uh, we're excited to get him back from the futures game and, and, uh, you know, give him some more play time and see how he finishes out the rest of the season. Now, a, uh, a rather familiar name that you've had there on the roster this year as well is uh, Cuban outfielder Lazaro Armenteris. Uh I believe he and Austin Beck are both the 23 this year. They've both been in the system for a little while. They've both had struggles at, at points. Lazaro's been uh, hitting pretty well this year, number of home runs, uh, taking walks, but he's also been striking out about about half the time as well. He's on, unfortunately, he's on the IL now. Uh, I believe a uh, leg injury. I'm not sure if it's a hamstring or what, but can you talk a little bit about what you've seen out of Lazaro Armateras this year and where you feel he's at and what he still needs to do to, to get himself to the next level, hopefully? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like you said, Laz, you know, he's started out uh, having a really good year. I know um, like you mentioned the strikeouts a little bit where, where, you know, he's still striking out probably a little more than we'd like to see, but he has made some really good strides when it comes to, um, you know, walking more. He's walked more this year than he has in previous years. Um, the power is definitely there. I mean, he's a guy who's who's really well put together, and, you know, when he connects ball with a barrel, it is, um, it's impressive to, to see the, the actual, you know, raw power and strength he he has as a hitter um you know like you said unfortunately is currently on the IL with a, with a leg injury we're hoping to get him back sooner rather than than later just like Lawrence and the rest of the guys that are they're on the IL but yeah he's he's made some really good improvements this year um you know he's played really good defensive outfield for us his arm has gotten better in my opinion I mean, he's he's really working on uh his accuracy and hitting the cutoff man out there so he's made some good strides defensively and and like you said also you know being able to hone in some of those pitch selections where you start to see him walk a little bit more. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the development process is as we see him control the zone a little better, hopefully the strikeout numbers will go down. But, um, you know, the opportunity for the power potential there is, is uh, it's easy to see for sure. Well, I mentioned Austin Beck as well. He was a former first-round A's uh, pick, and uh, he started out the season there with you. Again, was hitting a little better showing the power, uh, getting on base a little bit more. He was recently promoted uh, up to Midland. But can you talk a little bit about the progress you saw out of Austin Beck uh, this season there in Lansing and, and you know, maybe some of the d adjustments you saw him make during his time there with you? Yeah, um, Austin, you know, I had a, a great time the first couple months of the season with Austin. Um, you know, this was the first year I'd only seen him. I know he's been our organization for a couple of seasons. But for me, Austin was great. Um, he was a guy that we knew we could put 
really anywhere in the lineup, but we were, I was comfortable putting him in the heart of the order. And, uh, you know, honestly, he was a a guy that was probably our most unlucky hitter, um, before he was moved up to Midland. I mean, he'd taken really good at bats, um, you know, controlling the zone, not trying to chase for pitches, um, you know, taken for whatever's given to him, whether it's, you know, outside pitch and, and driving the ball to right field, or if they're coming in on him, he was able to turn on it. But, you know, early on, he was hitting a ton of hard balls, line drives that were just getting caught and, guys happen to be in the right spot for him but um you know he was able to turn the corner a little bit and and get that average to creep up but he was a guy for me that was really taking higher level at bats uh consistently game to game um and not allowing you know the maybe his failures or his lineouts bleed into other at bats and was taking a really good approach and mindset into his game offensively um and i think you know that's one of the reasons that they uh they were able to call him up to bidland is just what what he was showing and how you know like i said those higher level at bats he was putting together um, and hard contacts and working deep in accounts and taking the walks when they were giving them to him. Um, so yeah, I, that was, Austin did a great job for us and I was happy to see him get the opportunity to, to move up to double A and I think it was well deserved for him. Uh, well, a guy who was probably your, your best overall hitter this season before his promotion to Midland was third baseman Brett Harris. And I believe he was the seventh round draft pick this year. So he's still pretty fresh, pretty new to the system. But man, he was really productive for you there in Lansing the first month or so before he got called up to double A. I'm curious, uh, on your perspective, what you saw out of Brett Harris, what what accounted for his success there as a hitter so early on after entering the pro game there with you? Yeah, um, it was Brett was extremely impressive while he was here. Um, you know, a versatile athlete was we were you know comfortable playing him at second base, third base, you know wherever we needed to you know to, to fill a position. But he did a great job at third and second. Um, again, put together really high level at bats. Uh, you know has has the ability to to shoot the ball the other way and hit for average at the same time, showed some really good power, power numbers, uh, numbers, but just a, you know, a really good kid, high energy, hard worker, uh, a pleasure to be around a fun guy in the clubhouse. Um, like I said, you know, along with Austin, uh, another well-deserving guy to get the call and have the opportunity to play at the double level. And I know he's taking advantage of his opportunity of that right now. Well, with your background as a catcher, I did want to ask you about a couple of pitchers before we wrap up here as well. I wanted to start out by asking you about Jeff Criswell. He was a, a, a second-round draft pick just a couple of years ago, a guy who always had tremendous stuff, uh, and it seemed like this year he was really able to harness it and, and show the kind of command that he needed to be a successful pitcher. He has since moved on to Midland as well. But can you talk a little bit about your perspective on what you saw out of Jeff Criswell this season and what enabled him to be as successful as he was there for you in Lansing? Yeah, yeah. So like you said, Jeff was, um, you know, a guy who, you know, everybody's been excited about. I know a higher draft pick for us um, and a guy that when, you know, I found out he was coming to Lansing, I was excited to, to know that I could throw him right into the front part of our rotation. I knew, you knew what you were going to get out of him. Um, he's a competitor. Uh, he's got a good pitch mix with pitches well off his fastball and has a nice, you know, change of pace with his changeup. Does a really good job commanding it. And I think that's like you mentioned him being able to command his pitches and really set hitters up and attack guys, um, you know, he was able to be successful doing that. But a really good mentality as a starter, you know, a um, aggressive guy wanting to go after hitters. And I think that, you know, helped him be successful here. And I know, like I said, kind of keeping an eye on what he's doing in Midland. He's had some success up there well as well, which is great. But, um, yeah, it was a pleasure to have, have Jeff. We were, you know, selfishly bummed to, to see him go but so happy at the same time that he would have the opportunity to pitch the higher level and I think you're going to see him keep climbing the ladders as long as he's able to do what you know he has the ability to do.
Yeah, it seems like uh, with his improved command, he could be on the fast track at this point, that's for sure. Uh, let me ask you about a couple other pictures real quick before we wrap up with you here. Um, another interesting guy is uh, Joey Estes, who came over uh, from Atlanta in the Matt Olson deal. Seems like a very promising prospect. He was on the IL for a little bit. Uh, he's been back in action, looking pretty good. He's put up good strikeout numbers. Uh, but can you tell me what you've seen out of Joey Estes and uh, what your uh, forecast is for him? going forward yeah uh the little i've i've had you know the opportunity to watch joey pitch in and what seems to be two-thirds of a season now it's uh it's exciting whenever he takes them out he's a super high energy guy um like you said the strikeout numbers are there and that's a really good reflection of the stuff he has he's got some some wipeout stuff you know a very electric fastball a good wipe away slider um and like i said pitches with a lot of intensity which which for me is is fun to see sometimes maybe even a little too much where we try to reel him back a little bit but like I think I'd prefer to have to do that than to go the other way. So for for me, that's exciting that he's you know pitches with that mentality and that aggressiveness. Um, you know the slider and the fastball are, are two of his pitches that really jump out to me as as being plus pitches. And you know he's working on on some other stuff and has has done a good job making uh, a lot of improvements this year. I know our pitching coach uh, Don Cholian had done a lot of work um, to to kind of hone his craft and and really get him to, you know, develop and be ready for the next level. And I think you're going to see him be ready for the next level soon. And just, you know, a, a, a good kid, a hard worker. And that's a common theme. I feel like I'm a broken record talking about these guys, but I've been really lucky with the, the personnel we've had here and the players. And I mean, these guys are willing to work. They want to work. They want to get better. And it's, it's been a, you know, Joey's no exception to that. And I think you're going to see him um, have a bright career in front of him. And then the final guy I wanted to ask you about is a guy who's a little bit more under the radar, but he's really been one of the best pitchers in the A's minor league system this season, and that's Blake Beers. He was not a high draft pick at all, but he got off to a tremendous start at Stockton this year before he was promoted to Lansing, and he's you know been one of the A's minor league strikeout leaders all season long, uh, been a very effective pitcher. But can you talk a bit about what, what's made Blake Beers so effective and what you've seen out of him thus far? Yeah, Blake, for me, has, you know, has really, you know, I don't want to say come out of nowhere because he's always had good stuff, but a guy, for me, being a first-year minor league manager, I didn't quite know who he was uh, first seeing him and then saw him a little in spring training. And we're like, okay, this, you know, here's a guy who's got some good stuff, maybe some good potential. And then you see the kind of numbers he was putting up in Stockton. And then really the day that they called him up to Lansing and the first time he towed the rubber for us. It was kind of like, wow, you know, who is this guy? Where is he from? I need to know more about him because, you know, a lot like Joey, um, there's some really good electric stuff he's got in his repertoire. Um, I know he's fastball running up, you know, upwards 94, 95 when he's feeling great. And, um, a really good slider that we've, you know, he's been working a lot on. I know we're, we're just really, we're, like I said, with him and Joey and guys like Jeff, uh, Don has done a great job just working on these guys' command of all their pitches and um, helping them develop a plan and a you know, good routine and process that they can take day in and day out. And whether it's, you know, their side day or their day they start, just really kind of full circle development for these, these starters. Um, and Blake's a guy who's been super impressive. I know we're getting ready for a doubleheader today. He's going to throw game two for us tonight. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to watch him pitch every time he gets on the mound. Yeah, well, he's certainly been one of the most intriguing prospects to come out of nowhere this season uh, for the A's. And if you're going to have a successful minor league uh, system, you do need some of those guys to surprise you. And he's certainly, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> he's certainly been one of them this year. 
Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Phil, and give us some insights on some of the A's top prospects there in Lansing this season. And uh, we certainly wish you the best of luck the, the rest of the way. Your, your inaugural season there, and we hope your team keeps fighting down to, down to the final game and uh, all these prospects that you've got there are able to move up and make their mark in the system. And uh, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate you taking the time. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.